Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is hour number two. Count you down to LSU and the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Along with Herb Tyler, I'm Dick Bellavid, just in front of the LSU Athletic Administration building on the beautiful LSU campus tonight where the 12th-ranked LSU Tigers take on the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga mocks. Now, some thought that was moccasins heard but i've been told it's short for mockingbird and mm-hmm. ut chattanooga was one of the many universities that had to alter or change their mascot slash logo with the uh, native and america native yep. american that went down and they used to be uh, more of a native american mascot now it is a mock they kind of use uh pretty it's, you had in the paper there heard it's pretty kind of almost like from afar it looks like like an eagle, it, yeah, or maybe like a little uh, different from a Seahawk, kind of like sideways. Right. But it's, it's it's a it's a unique looking logo there. Like the old, you know, the old nursery rhyme is hope that mockingbird don't sing tonight. That's you know right. what I mean? So uh, I right. think the Tigers will, 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 will take that. And, that was um, good, Herb. <laughs> that was a good one. That was yeah. a good segue there. No oh, yeah. doubt about it. Two six zero one eight seventy. You can text us at eight seventy eight seventy. Take a look at some state college football coming up, and also get Herb's take. On the quarterbacks, Herb last week, Danny Erling, mm-hmm. very efficient in the contest. And look, in, in a perfect society, we want our food, we want everything to be perfect. I'm talking from top to bottom. Everything. But when you look at LSU and you have to go back and what was talked about, you have to go back from the onset. And when Coach Canada first got here, he says, I'm not spread, I'm not too tight, I'm what the defense gives us. Always. And last week, there weren't many. I mean, BYU shaded some, but there weren't many just trying to crowd the line of scrimmage. Like, it wasn't just lining up straight up, okay, this mm-hmm. is the eight-man front. We're going to mm-hmm. walk somebody up and make it nine. And that's why you had 57, 58 rush attempts last week, Herb. And uh, Coach O came out this week and said, look, we don't plan on giving uh, Darius the ball that much, especially early on in the contest. But that is what the defense uh, consistently gave LSU, and that's why they – didn't, that's why they did what they did. There's no need to do something, Herb, if you don't have to do it, especially you're looking at tonight, uh, unless some, like you said, unless that Mockingbird sings, uh, I, I would expect LSU to be kind of basic and playing again tonight. Well, I, I, I don't expect them to be basic. What I expect is that whatever the defense gives them, they're going to do. So if they stack the box with nine, they're going to throw the ball. Now, whether they throw the ball you know, deep or they're going to get the ball out to the receivers real quick so they can do whatever they need to do mm-hmm. after the catch. Um, it, that that you know remains to be seen, but you know if you're going to put six in the box or five in the box and try to play me with a bunch of DBs and nickels and things of that nature, then guess what? I'm going to run the ball down your throat. So yeah. I think I mean I I don't see him changing anything that he did from last week to this week. I mean uh, I just see us you know playing really solid solid up front on the offensive line in which we did, and that answered a lot of questions for us last week. LSU, of course, 18 pass attempts last week to 58 rushes, as we talked about, the Mm -hmm. 75 plays that they played, dominated that in time of possession. And her Danny Etling was 14 of 17, 171 yards at long of 52. Mm -hmm. That was a nice uh, completion there to uh, Chalk. Your thoughts on what you saw out of Danny Etling last week? Calm, cool, collective, looked like a leader, looked like a guy that's been around – 
he he looked as if you know, hey, this is my team. I don't care who's behind me. I don't care who's who's vying for the position. Doesn't matter. Here I am, and I'm about to make a statement. And that's what you want out of your quarterback leadership. You want them to make sure they make all the right throws, put you in the right situations. In which I thought Danny did. I didn't think he can get any better than what he did. You know, the couple of incompletions were not you know overthrown balls or balls that weren't catchable. It was sometimes the DB made a good play or. Or, you know, the, the the receiver didn't come up with the catch for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But I just I think that you can't not ask any more of a quarterback at that point. You you, you know, you, you put the team in every possible situation to be successful, and that's all you need. Completed the ball to eight different people, Herb, in the form awesome. of tight ends, receivers, and backs out the backfield. Ball distribution-wise, spreading the ball. Your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? That speaks volumes from Coach Canada's offense, exactly what he wanted to do. He want, This is something that we've been trying to do for the last – you know, let's call it five or six years, is mm-hmm. asking the question, why aren't we utilizing all of our players? At least get these guys, you know, five-star recruits coming out of high school, and, and we know they got talent. Let's get these guys the ball. Let's try to incorporate a, a tight end or two into the offense, which which we did or are doing now, and that makes a huge difference. That opens up the field a lot more. You know, that brings the safeties down and have, the, you know, the cornerbacks, are, are more pressure on the cornerbacks to do whatever they need to do with the receivers. But, you know, when you can establish uh, an offensive rhythm to be able to distribute the ball to as many guys as possible who has the talent to break it at any point in time, then that gives you the best advantage to win the game. Uh, much Harold, much uh, talked about and uh, publicized popular recruit, very mm-hmm. successful at the high school level, Miles Brennan, and albeit Herb, it was one uh, from listening and being around quarterbacks, being around you and, and players of the game on all levels. I know one thing, he got the ball out fast and on that quick quick out that he threw kind of like, uh, you know, now that you speak, the screen that would be set up now. Now they send the back out there, they don't lead the linemen, but when he got that ball out, Herb, I mean, you could tell that this young man was, was, was ready to play. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen a lot that much excitement around an LSU quarterback that kind of just threw the ball short. But right. uh, we should have more of a sample size on, on Miles Brennan after tonight. I agree. Let's that's, that's not look too much into that. You know what I mean? That, that was one play, and he's supposed to make that play, mm-hmm. period. You know, and that's, that's what you do. And I expect nothing less of him. Um, so, but, you know, what I need to see is, does he have that moxie? You know, is is he confident when mm-hmm. he walks in the huddle? Are the guys looking at him in the eye? And is he speaking? You know, whenever he you get to the line of scrimmage and they have nine in the box, is he checking to a pass and can he complete that pass? Or if there's you know if he's got a pass play on and they got seven six receivers or DBs out there, is he checking to a run play? You know, these are the things I want to see. I want to see his confidence. I want to see how he reacts to a bad or negative play. You know, can you come back and bounce back from that? These are things that you won't see or you did not see last week, but these are things you see sometimes, hopefully, at some point tonight. Not all, but some. Rounding out some of Herb's thoughts on the offense. Herb, also uh, SEC Player of the Week, uh, freshman offensive lineman, excuse me, offensive lineman of the week there, Garrett Brumfield, for what he was mm-hmm. doing last week. Uh, first career start, he graded out at 86%. That right. was the highest among the linemen against BYU. And the offense had nearly 500 yards, about 479. And when you talk about that, Herb, we were saying that, you know, what was the biggest question mark about LSU going through the season? It was the offensive mm-hmm, line. Mm-hmm. Good to see a young man that gets out there. Only three players going in the last week that were starters had any type of game experience. Garrett was not one of them. His first start led LSU with 12 knockdown blocks and no sacks. And, of course, uh, he had a tremendous game from top to bottom. Garrett Brumfield, recognized by the SEC 
and that's a good sign, Herb. If you that's go awesome. throughout the season and LSU's linemen are being recognized, that's letting you know this line is taking a step forward. And for me, the team's getting better because that was a big question mark. And, it, you know, obviously it still is, but uh, they answered the first bit. You might have a star in the making right there, you know. And then let's think about it. When you got 250 yards of rushing, the offensive line is doing something, mm-hmm. you know. I don't care who you have on the other side of the field. But the offensive line are pushing these guys around. They're creating holes. They're creating lanes so these running backs can get through and then, uh, you know, do whatever they need to do once they get on the second and third levels. Um, and then, you know, you turn around and you don't give up any sacks. That's huge. And you throw the ball 17 times. That means that's 17 opportunities for somebody to create some sort of a, either a, a, a really decent pass rush with a sack or a blocked pass or, or whatever it may be or even a, pr- a pressure on the quarterback. And we don't see any of that. And that, for me, is one of the most positive things coming out of last week. That's a review of the LSU offensive line and the offense in general and Herb's take on the quarterback since he knows a few things about the QB position. 26-5 and five as a starter here for the Bayou Bengals. We'll take a timeout, come back, and recap everything that the defense did and pointing out some of the uh, notable players and also some players making their first start tonight due to a various reasons did not play in week one. Some of them were suspended and set out. And uh, those fill-ins, or you say those uh, guys that were stepping up and giving them the opportunity, did a tremendous job, including Andres Williams. We'll talk about the Tigers' defense from a week ago and what they faced tonight against UT Chattanooga. That's continuing here. Count you down to LSU and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga tonight, a 639 kickoff right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back. Count you down to LSU and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Before we take a look, one final look back at the Tiger defense and defensive standouts and production, let's get you caught up with our second look at afternoon scores here as the Tigers uh, take on uh, UT Chattanooga tonight at 6.30, but there are a lot of games in action already. Here's our second look at college football scores right now. Number 8, Michigan 27, Cincinnati 14. That is midway through the fourth quarter. Kansas State 55-7, the 19th-ranked Wildcats over Charlotte. U, uh, UNC, the North Carolina Tars put up a fight but failed as a big day from Lamar Jackson. 393 passing, three TDs as the Cards defeat North Carolina 47-235 in Chapel Hill. Big day today from Jonathan Taylor from the Badgers, averaging about nine yards per carry, 223 on the ground, 26 carries, three scores as number nine Wisconsin takes care of Florida Atlantic 31-14. Tenth-ranked Florida State in Louisiana Monroe was canceled, so was Miami and Arkansas State. All, just about all Florida games were canceled, but that Florida Atlantic contest at Wisconsin was not. Number one, Alabama getting set to kick off against Fresno State. Penn State likewise against Pittsburgh. Later in action night, it's Virginia Tech against Delaware. Arkansas is at home tonight at Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville taking on TCU. Tennessee is in Rocky Top at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville taking on Indiana State. The big one tonight, it is uh, Clemson, the third-ranked Tigers at home against the 13th-ranked Auburn Tigers. Number five, Oklahoma is at number two, uh, Ohio State. Our matchup has 12th-ranked LSU entertaining UT Chattanooga, 15th-ranked Georgia, is at number 24, Notre Dame. Montana is at number 7, Washington. It is Washington State entertaining Boise State, the 20th-ranked Cougs. And number 11, Oklahoma State last night, Mason Rudolph. 335 through the air and three scores as the Cowboys take care of South Alabama in Mobile last night, 44-7. to That's a look at our college football scoreboard. And the one I left out was number 14, Stanford, at number 6, USC. USC Uh-oh. has been owned by Stanford uh, in the last eight meetings, Herb. Mm-hmm. It is uh, nine, rather. It's seven wins for Stanford, two for USC, and those were really could have went uh, Stanford's way. This is a, a team, Stanford, that... LSU for SEC fans, they might really and truly, they might not like as much as they want used to because uh, some, if anything, the people are critical about Coach Shaw, Herb, is that he doesn't 
do a lot of different things. He doesn't do a lot. Kind of, he gets some of some of the stuff that Coach Miles got. Now it's not not to that extent because Stanford is one, and they're much more successful. But no doubt about it, this is a two tight end team. They line up and run the football. And Sam Donald tonight on the flip side, he'll have to play better than he did last week. Threw two picks against Western Michigan, so that's going to be interesting. But question is to you, Herb, what is it like? Uh, Father, your son is in a primetime game tonight. Mm-hmm. You, of course, over here, you'll be able to see him in primetime on TV. What's that like as a proud papa? Uh, you know, it, sometimes it's difficult for me to put that into words, but obviously I'm proud. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, where you know, you just you just, you just look at it and you kind of look at it in disbelief. But, mm-hmm. but I'm super proud of him and where he is and how he accomplished his goals that he's obtained. Um, and then, you know, as far as the team is concerned, I really truly think that this team – that Stanford has this year could be one of those, uh, you know, top six teams at the end of the year if they mm-hmm. all play up to their capabilities as far as each individual player that's uh, actually going to be playing the most on the field or whatnot. Um, now, in this particular game tonight, USC always brings top-tier athletes to the, to, you know, to whatever stadium you play, whether it's at the Forum or whether it's at the Coliseum. Sure. So with that, you know, with that being said, I think Sam Donald is one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Now, how good is he really? We don't really know. I do know that Keller Chris is one of the best quarterbacks in the country for Stanford. Yep. Um, and I know he's only going to get better. Um, we have a really good running back uh, in Bryce Love. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of the nation's uh, best defensive uh, backfields um, coming back. Um, and, and one of my guys, Terrence Alexander, he's not. He's uh, he's he won't be there tonight, but that but that's all right. Um, and then you know we we have to replace a couple of guys in the Christian McCaffrey and. Mm-hmm. Um, and Solomon Thomas, but I think we do that by incorporating more people into the different positions by getting the ball, um, like we were talking about a little bit earlier with Matt Canada, how he gets the ball and spread the ball around with, to different players so he can utilize each each person's strength um, to, to the best of their ability for the team's um, the betterment of the team outcome. With that being said, I think it's going to be a, 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 tie, a tight game, mm-hmm. but I think Stanford wins by – Anywhere from three to six points is what I see um, at the end of the day, unless we get the same USC team we saw last week. Right. If we get that team we saw last week, I'm going to tell you, Stanford's going to run right past them because those guys, are, we're ready to roll. And, you know, in talking to my son throughout the week, he had a really good week of practice. Um, they're excited about this game. This is one of those games where they really get up for because it's, yeah. it's now become a rivalry game. Yeah, always early in the season, yeah. usually the second or third week. But that's a big one tonight out yep. west. Who could take control of that uh, Pac-12 is 14th-ranked Stanford and 6th-ranked USC. Forthcoming, a, a CBS update, and then we're going to take a look at the matchup between Auburn and Clemson. But also a shout-out goes out to Corey Thompson last week, her making a start. His uh, first game since 2015, three tackles couple of sacks LSU's big victory he had those two sacks accounted for minus 18 yards and of course a Tiger defense and it held the BYU Cougars to six first down 97 yards and minus five so mm-hmm. good to see Corey Thompson bounce back man and look her any type of game when a defender gets a sack is huge but two sacks that's big big time that's major that's big time and we need that we need to get that we yeah. need to have that every week from at least two or three people if we can um, depending upon how much the, the, the opposing team throw the football. But for Corey to come out and do what he did, man, that's awesome. I think that he can only build from there, and he can only get better from there, and then everybody else should take that lead and then follow it so that they can try to do the exact same thing. Yeah, especially a man been out of football a year. Good to see him yep. get back out there, and, boy, yep. he played like it. More on the defense, including uh, we'll give Herb to give his take on some younger guys that were play, played last year but were elevated in the starting roles last week, including the gentleman that – 
I've been high on a lot of people have been high on since they saw him play as a youngster at North Webster High School. Devin White, maybe one of the next great things in a Tiger defensive uniform. He mm-hmm. off to a hot, hot start last week, leading the Bayou Bengals uh, in tackles last week with five. So that's forthcoming. Plus, we'll take a look at the big games in the country, including a future opponent of LSU, Auburn, in action tonight at Clemson. That. But first up, a CBS update. Each week in the second hour, we go around the nation looking at the big matchups. And a big one again today, ACC and SEC. The SEC dominated the ACC last last week. Most notably, of course, uh, the three big ones that were on TV, South Carolina taking care of NC State. Uh, hanging on, but they still did it, giving up 560 yards rushing. But Tennessee took care of Georgia Tech, and it was Alabama over Florida State. And tonight, another big one, perhaps the highest matchup next to last week, uh, number one and number three. It's sixth-ranked Auburn and uh, the 13th-ranked Auburn and third-ranked Clemson tonight in Clemson and Death Valley. Joining us now is Brian Matthews, senior writer of AuburnUndercover.com. And, Brian, you know, to me, I don't know if I if I agree with it when people say, well, we'll find out if Auburn is a, a national contender uh, this year if they win this game or they lose this game. Because I go back to last year, and they lost to Clemson. They beat LSU, and they got on that little roll. And before they had a, you know, a hiccup there, they were, they were playing for everything. They were setting up to where the Iron Bowl was big. They were going to be a two-loss team that could have had an opportunity. So they have enough umph, so to speak, left in their schedule uh, to get them where they want to go. With that said, uh, if you do lose tonight, then your slip-ups are basically down to one, and this would be a big feather in their cap. This would be huge for for uh, Auburn, especially knowing they got to come to LSU in a few weeks. Yeah, they, uh, it's, all, it's, it's AuburnSports.com, by the way. And, um, yeah, I, I do think this is a game where, you know, if you look at Auburn, if they, if they were to lose, you can go back to 2013, they lost 35-21 to 21 at LSU early in the season. I think that's game four. And of course, they reeled off nine straight wins and, and barely lost to Florida State in that championship game. So, I think this is a good measuring stick, as, as the coach has said this week. But it's not the uh, – if you lose this game, either team, you're not out of it by any means. When you talk about Brian tonight, a lot has been made about the quarterback. Uh, they've been battling it. The transfer comes in. Take us through the quarterback position. And we know that a Gus Malzahn team that has – a good quarterback. Uh, they've been very successful. Two of them, most notably, played for national championships. And uh, Marshall and Newton. Uh, where is the quarterback right now? And is tonight the like is tonight his coming out party, so to speak? Well, you're right about that. Uh, they've been really good when they had good quarterbacks. And Jared Stenham, uh they feel like it's going to be another great one. But uh, I think he's still sort of feeling things out with the offense and, and just with you know playing at Auburn. It's his first year here. He started just three games at Baylor, and that was two years ago. So he was a little rusty in that opener, and we'll see if he settled down now. But this is a big test for him on the road and what's going to be a really a tough environment at Clemson uh, at night. Hey, Brian, this is Herb Tyler here. Um, quick question for you. With, with, you know, with, with Auburn having the, the, you know, the new guy at quarterback right now, do you think they have the firepower to hang with this Clemson team, and do you think they have the confidence to hang with this Clemson team? I do, just from a talent perspective, although, you know, we'll have to wait and see. They haven't really been tested either team uh, so far this year. So there's still some question marks to answer. You know, you look at Auburn's offensive line against Georgia Southern, they gave up eight negative plays. I mean, that's an issue. And, and now they're facing Clemson, which has one of the best defensive lines in the country. Uh, three or four of these guys are going to be number one pick. Dexter Lawrence may be the number one overall pick in 2019. So uh, this is a big, big step up uh, in competition, and those guys are going to play much better. And, you look at Auburn's receivers, they got a bunch of talented guys, but um, very inconsistent in that opening game, so they need to step up too. 
Brian Matthews, senior writer, AuburnSports.com, uh, is here with us, taking us through the big matchup, Auburn at Clemson. All right, Brian, how do you see it tonight, the Battle of Tigers? The first uh, trip to a Death Valley for Auburn, they'll make another one uh, uh, several weeks down the line, but Auburn at Clemson. I predicted 23-21 Auburn. I don't feel real strong about that, of course, but um, we'll see. I think the one thing you can count on from Auburn's end is they've got a really good defense again this year, and they're going to play pretty good. You know, Clemson has that ability to be very explosive. I mean, it's toward a bunch of points on a great defense and a national championship game. So uh, we'll just have to play healthy. But, yeah, I, I picked Auburn here, and uh, I'm expecting a close, tight, exciting game. Of course, uh, all SEC fans pay attention to SEC schools, especially those Western battles. Auburn comes to Tiger Stadium here at Death Valley and Baton Rouge later in the season. Brian, for people out there who want to keep up with the Auburn Tigers, point them in the right direction. Yeah, you can check uh, check us out at AuburnSports.com. Tons of coverage of the game tonight. And then you follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Brian Matthews, senior writer, AuburnSports.com. Brian, as always, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, and of course, uh, later in the hour, we always take a look ahead at the Tigers' next opponent, and next week, it is Mississippi State. So we'll take a look at the Bulldogs, where they play later this evening yep. in the uh, northern part of the booth. They will play at Joe Elliott Stadium in Ruston against Louisiana Tech, and uh, this is uh, this, this no easy game for Mississippi State, and I, and I say it like that, not even easy. I mean, they, they are a only a six-point favorite, and Louisiana Tech, as a legitimate club, they played for their conference championship last year. They've recruited well. Coach Skip Holtz has done a good job there, and they've done it consistently, Herb. So tonight, uh, Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech, LSU's next opponent. But the one thing that I think Mississippi State draws their confidence in, they feel better, they're more settled at quarterback. I'm, I, I think they are. Yeah. But I don't. I, I don't see them going in there and coming out with a, a cakewalk win. No, I, I agree with you. With that being said, I think that that La Tech truly, and I've said this already early in the broadcast, that I think La Tech is, is, is really going to take this game. Yeah. I think they'll win this game by three points or six points or something like that. Um, I don't see – I don't see – I'm just not high on Mississippi State. I'm, I really ain't. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not right now at this present moment. They have to show me now a little that, bit more. And I, I'm not, and I don't want – I mean, some people think this is being disrespectful, but, I mean, it is what it is. Is that because Herb LSU has – pretty much dominated state in the mm -hmm. last decade or mm -hmm. so or that it doesn't have anything to do with lsu it has I everything with what i see on the field okay um, I got you. you know i mean they had a nice run when when dak prescott sure. was there sure. but prior to that and before that i, I mean and, and after that i don't see where where they're recruiting the right guys or let me not say it like that i don't see where they're recruiting the guys that can take them to the pinnacle of the sec um and i see where a lot tech always has guys that are coming in from either a big division one school or recruiting out of high school to where they can compete with those guys yeah and i think they're on that same level as a mississippi state so they're just not in the sec so i think i think that uh, coach holtz is a really good coach and i think he's got a um a body of work that's behind him that's shown that he can beat these kind of teams mm -hmm. um and i think he'll i think he's gonna pull it off tonight i really do Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State, LSU's next opponent, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We'll take a look at them. Logan Lowry, who covers Mississippi State, will join us from Ruston in a few moments because the Tigers open up SEC play next week in Starkville against the Bulldogs. We'll take a timeout and come back and get your Herb's thoughts on that Tiger defense from last week. Had a lot of young players out there and, of course, uh, so many to talk about. They were out there, and, and a lot of them in the uh, – I guess you'd say in stepping into starting roles mm -hmm. that have not been in starting roles, and a lot of them last week playing uh, for players who are returning 
this week. We'll take a look at all that as well. Count you down to LSU and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, a 639 kickoff tonight here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back. LSU's next opponent, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, next week in Starkville. Tonight, Mississippi State is in Ruston, taking on the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, covering the Bulldogs. Uh, the journal.com is Logan Lowry. Logan, thank you so much for joining us as always. And uh, this is a pretty big game tonight uh, for both sets of Bulldogs, Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech. And I think it's going to be a pretty physical contest. What's your take as you kind of break this down, the Tech Bulldogs and the Mississippi State Bulldogs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like it always has been. You know, I've covered this rivalry, I guess, since uh, 2008 when Mississippi State came here and uh, lost the game in Ruston. I think they were the first SEC school to ever visit Ruston and uh, committed five turnovers in that game. And that kind of was the beginning of the end for Sylvester Croom in that game. They played twice since Dan Mullen uh, became the head coach at, at uh, Mississippi State. and The first game when they played at Starfield, uh went into overtime. So it was a close game there. And then, of course, a couple of years ago, uh, I think it's 2015, losing a tech comes back to Starfield and uh, jumps out to a 14 to nothing lead. And then Mississippi State kind of gets back into the ballgame and wins 45 to 20. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, close, you know, a closely contested rivalry for the most part of the last few years. Logan Herb Tyler here. Um, you know, going into this game, I've already spoken my piece on it, and I think I really think that La Tech has a huge, a great chance of winning this particular game. What are the what? What does it sound like coming out of the Mississippi State camp? You know, are these guys confident? Are they overconfident? Or, or are they taking this as a almost a, a rivalry type game? Well, I think they're just really pleased with how their defense played last week. They only gave up 33 yards, and I know they were playing an FCS opponent, but. You know, only gave up 33 yards, two first downs, a shutout, and didn't even allow Charleston Southern to pass midfield. So it was a dominant defensive performance. And you may say, you know, that's the FCS school, but Mississippi State gave up 600 and something yards and 41 points to Sanford last year. So it's been a drastic change with Todd Grantham taking over that defense. But, you know, going into tonight's game, it's going to be a completely different type of offense that they're facing. Really going to take love to throw the ball around. And, you know, they were facing triple option team last week and only threw the ball eight times. So it's going to be a different test for this defense. I think that that was kind of the, the theme of the week is just uh, facing a different style of offense and could that defense put on the same type of performance against a different type of offense. Logan Lowry is our special guest. Logan, what are fair expectations for Mississippi State uh, this season? Dan Mullen uh, coming off, uh, you know, they petitioned, got the bowl, got the bowl victory. What are some expectations with them now that they seem to be settled at quarterback? Yeah, I think that's kind of the area that people are, are kind of optimistic about. Nick Fitzgerald ran the ball so so well last season, uh, but they wanted to see his passing come along, and I, I think that's the area that Mississippi State fans are still waiting to see. He didn't uh, come. He had some, you know, threw the ball decent last week, but it wasn't just drastic strides better than he was last year. And uh, you know, that's the area that, that's still waiting to be seen. You know, I, I think Mississippi State fans have a realistic expectation of this season. I mean, I, I think they expect them to. You know, finish above 500 and go to uh, to another bowl again. But you know, I don't know that there's too much beyond that. But I I think this team's going to go just as far as this defense that I mentioned earlier and Nick Fitzgerald's improved passing can take them. Logan, how can people keep up with everything Mississippi State getting set? Tiger fans will be wanting to know uh, the latest on the Bulldogs next week as they come to Starkville. Well, you can find all my stuff at djournal.com. That's uh, in the letter D, and uh, that's in Daily Journal. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Logan Lowry. Logan Lowry, covering Mississippi State Athletics. Logan, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys.
All right. right. Counting down to LSU and the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Mox, we will continue. We'll take a look at another afternoon look at the scoreboard and get you caught up and get Herb's take on some young defensive standouts last week for the Tigers. Count you down. A 639 kickoff tonight. LSU and the Mox here on WWF. And welcome back. Getting you set for LSU and the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia. Herb, the Tiger defense last week. Man, six first downs, 97 yards of total offense. And uh, pretty stout, minus five rushing yards for the Tigers. Uh, First time, uh, last time something that has happened, that feat got back to the 80s, 82, in fact, when LSU held then Ole Miss to negative 50 yards rushing. A lot of defensive standouts. We talked about Corey Thompson last week. Devin White, uh, tremendous last week. Five stops, but just all over the field. And he's starting to become one of those defenders that can influence things uh, away from the ball, so to speak. He's, he's influencing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what the quarterback is doing, other players. He's very physical, and he can move around, too. This is a kid that played uh, running back. I mean, he played everything in high school, and he's starting to really come into his own on the college level. Yeah, you need you need to get that out of somebody. Somebody needs to, need to step up and, and be that creative guy that can force the quarterback to make bad decisions or force them into a situation where you're trying to make him throw the ball into double coverage and things of that nature. Um, he's becoming that Jamal Adams guy, you know, um, that Eric Reed guy that we were used to seeing in the backfield um, for the Tigers in the defensive backfield anyway. Um, I, you know, I, I, he's one of those guys, too. He's interesting because he can do whatever you want him to do. Mm-hmm. You can put him back there return punts if you want to. You can put him at running back, like you said. You may even play him a, a down or two at quarterback. You never know which you get right. out of this guy. And that's impressive, though, because then if you're that athletic as a person or as a player, then, you know, the sky's the limit for you, especially when you're just – now it's all – it's just you. You don't have to share the backfield with anybody else mm-hmm. other than other younger guys that are there. So um, so I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly impressed with him, with his play. I only see him getting in better and better every week. Um, and the more experience that he gets uh, as that particular person or player, the, you know, it's only going to make him grow and become that much better. So you'll start hearing his name around – uh, for awards and stuff like that at the end of the season, I guarantee. And then also Herb Andres Williams uh, filling in starting last week. Boy, what a great job he did on that in- mm-hmm. interception. You, mm-hmm. He just played it and read. He never looked back. I mean, you're kind of watching him like, well, turn around, turn around. And he played the receiver's eyes perfectly. As soon as he turned around, made, got in position, didn't interfere with the receiver and plucked the ball right out of the air. Perfect interception last week for Williams. Sometimes you just got to run with the receiver yes. and watch his eyes, as they used to say back in the days. Once you see his eyes get big, then at that point you turn around because you know that ball is right there at least five or six yards away from you. And the quicker you can react to the ball and, and, and catch it with your eyesight and then put your hands up and make that particular catch for the intercept or knock down or whatever it is, then, then you're in a great position to, uh, to make a great play. So I loved it, man. I enjoyed that. That's the kind of old-school cornerback play or defensive back play that I love, and I used to be one of those guys. Don't, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong, Nadeek. I was really good, too. I got you. Just so you know. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and then, of course, Urban, the center of the defense, it kind of all starts up the middle, so to speak, going uh, from back to front, safety, middle linebacker, and then who's in the middle there knows mm-hmm. Gilmore and Alexander, mm-hmm. I thought were both very efficient last week, the senior and the sophomore. Well, you got to stuff everything in the line of scrimmage. That's where it all starts from, right? And mm-hmm. then it goes back from there. So if you can have really solid play up front with, from your nose guards or your D tackles or whatnot, and then spread it out a little bit further to your defensive ends, 
then, you know, that at that point, you know, you have to control the line of scrimmage. And those are the things that we all look for on defenses, right? Because the first guys we're looking for is who's getting to the quarterback or who's getting the quarterback off of his, his point. Um, and, and those guys did a great job of not only doing that, but also making tackles once in the backfield and forcing those guys to, to go up in their own gaps. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Dick Belovit. We got two hours down and 90 minutes to go. Get a little more familiar next hour with the Tennessee Chattanooga Moxes. We'll visit with one uh, person that covers their football program. It's LSU and the Mox Night, 639 kickoff here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.